From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome back to the Calvary Life Podcast. Yes, after a brief hiatus, <laughs> we had many, many people asking, where was the podcast? Oh, who are the... I had zero people asking me, <laughs> so I'm curious of... Um, who are the many people <laughs> people were wondering? Oh, well, by many, I mean, one person yesterday stopped me at church and was like, did I miss the podcast? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you should maybe just Google it or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's out there. So yeah. Thanks for calling me out on the many, many. It's actually, it was just <laughs> one and they didn't seem even that bothered by it. Yeah. The, the level of commitment to this podcast is very high by us. Yes. If there's a holiday on Monday. <laughs> it just won't happen probably. So <laughs> we're a like, Monday. We're a Monday recording. Yeah, we we pretty much uh, probably like ninety five percent of the time record on a Monday. Yeah. So plus uh, in the pastor life, uh, especially for who, whichever one of us is preaching, mm-hmm. if um, you don't have Monday, if Monday's a holiday, yeah, Sunday's still a coming. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. you still got the rest of your stuff going on. Yeah. And so you're, um, you're still, you're down a day, you're down a day. So right. sometimes I do a little, try to work ahead or something uh-huh. like that, you know, which, uh-huh. which what we do. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's, I had a, uh, a pastor, kind of a mentor pastor that look up to, and he always said, don't ever do anything rash on a Monday after a Sunday oh, yeah. as a pastor. So, you know, don't think, don't plan big things. Or cancel everything. Right, 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 right. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of times you're just tired after a Monday. Yeah. And just let your kind of emotions calm down. Yep. So it seems like actually a horrible time to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. A lot of pastors do the Monday day off thing. uh, Where we sort of are more in a rhythm of a Friday day off Okay, let me ask you that question. Why don't you take, if, if the church is gracious to give you a weekday off because you work on a weekend... Why, why don't you do Monday? Monday would make sense. The church is gracious. What does that mean? Like Calvary gives us a day off yeah. during the week. Yeah. We have normal days off since we work on a Sunday. Yeah. It's right. not. Yeah. 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 It's just like, that's, but I don't know if that's I, grace. That's, well, uh, I know yeah. churches that. Yes, that's true. It's just six days a week. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is what we would call unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, so we prefer to be healthy. Yeah. Um, uh, rest up so you don't get messed up. Right. It's one, one of our values. Yeah. One of our values, <laughs> uh, that rest is doing something we believe, uh, here. So just a little side note, but, um, yeah, so I like doing Friday because I like to have two days in a row. Okay. I, I don't like having, um, just that you do Monday and then all of a sudden you'd maybe have Saturday. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think I started this rhythm too in the youth ministry world where then even sometimes you'd have some stuff on Saturdays or right. Fridays more often than in, although I, I was at a little thing with some Calvary folks on Saturday night yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as well uh, this week. But just sometimes you just have, um, I, I like being able to have a little bit of an opportunity even to maybe with my wife that we could go do a one nighter away mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. just some stuff where you, you could have, stack it where she's off too. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So two yeah, days that in makes sense. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole, that's the whole rationale. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like getting, I do like just, hey, let's get right back into it and get stuff done and then rest. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think if I was trying to rest on Monday, I still, this is what happened to me this last week with the mm-hmm. holiday. I still have my sermon prep sort of going through my head. Yeah. And I prefer to get, I'd always have the sermon, I think, 
whether it's Monday or Friday, you have the upcoming sermon in your head. Right. But I'd rather have the work done. Uh-huh. And so that's why it's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I do like even how we have some, and I don't know, there's sort of like some deadlines and I've a little bit set them for myself as well, but I always try to have my information in for the slides to our uh-huh. communication team because I'm you or I, I think mostly me, are incapable of making the slides look good. <laughs> we can put the information on them, but we can't make them look like they do on the screens. No, you're so, selling yourself short. So, I bet you could make a mean PowerPoint slide. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, I don't know. Yeah, you'd have clip some art. clip art and some papyrus font on the top. <laughs> oh, <ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. I do. Uh, you know, but so anyway, by Wednesday at noon, turn those in. Uh-huh. So this is your little behind the scenes moment. But yeah, yeah, Wednesday at noon, turn all that content in for the slides. And it, my sermon's not done, but it's also the whole structure is done. Yeah, okay. Like the primary structure yeah. is, is finished and accomplished. And then yeah. it has to get a little bit more color attached to it. Sure. Maybe. And then familiarizing mm-hmm. myself. Internalizing the, it. Yeah, internalizing, yep. familiarizing yep. the rest of the week. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's good. That's why I, I like actually did that. Mondays off for a little bit um, way back when I was in seminary because I had a, a class that I needed to take on a Monday like afternoon. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, for this season, I'm just going to take Mondays off. What I didn't like about it was it felt like when you got into the office on Tuesday, like life had passed you by. Like people mm-hmm. were like, I've been trying to get a hold of you since Sunday or, right. you know, and you're like, oh, like where it feels like at the end of the week to take a Friday off. It's like uh, people have kind of wrapped up their week. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And too. even people that are, you know, working <laughs> quote unquote normal jobs, <laughs> a lot of times they'll have a Friday off too to get away for something. So it just yep. feels like there's not as much phone calls, emails floating through the yes internet. Internet. Friday is the, especially Friday afternoon, is the late December of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what you mean by that. I think I. <laughs> like the last two weeks of December. Nobody does any work. I'll circle back to you in the new yeah, year. Yeah, that whole meme, the meme, yeah. the circle back to you meme after the new year. Right. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So I think Friday is sort of that portion of the week. Right. Which just makes sense because it's the end. I, I have a brother-in-law that won't be named because I have, let's see, one, two, I have four brother-in-laws. But oh. uh, So one of the four. He said his work, the boss will often like leave at like two o'clock on a, a Friday. Yeah. And the rest of the office is kind of like all staring at each other like, uh, could, should we go? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you have to wait till the boss drives away. Cause what if he's just getting something out of his car and then he comes back in? (laughs) You're like, oh no. So when we were in Tokyo, Japan, many years ago, there was a thing that we actually witnessed where that culture, you don't leave the office till your boss leaves the office. And so if your boss stays till 9 PM, you're staying in the office till 9 p.m. Oof. too. That's just how it works. That's rough. And so you'd see guys on the subway. We'd be coming home late at night, and there's just dudes in suits all over the place that had just been working. Yeah. And yeah. there's also a culture, I think, too. Well, can, yeah. It's a total side note of they'd go out to eat and do other stuff. But yeah. But it's like, yeah, that culture is like you, you're in the office, and that's kind of you're tied to it. Yeah. So my whole point in that is I think as the boss of Calvary Church, mm-hmm. we like should this. have that same rule. So we don't leave until you leave. So good. just as long as you're here, the rest of us just all are here. It's not what do you f- think? Yeah, I think it's, I think that should be Should we, uh, should we announce that at a staff meeting this yes. week? Yes. I think even as they listen to the podcast, that's their <laughs> announcement because I'm sure they all listen. I was going to say, do, do do any of our staff listen? We should have some code word Ooh, yes. they have to come up to you at a staff meeting to say mm-hmm. to prove if they've listened. 
Should it be positive reinforcement or negative <laughs> or negative reinforcement? Which do you prefer in this situation? <laughs> what do they have to say? What, what could they say? They have to say Arnold Frutenbaum. Okay. Do they have to say it wrong like that? Fruchtenbaum. Yes. Yes. Do you know what that means? No. In it's a German name. Oh, well, Fruchtenbaum. Okay. Yeah. Duh. I mean, you you speak German. Well, well, yeah. But what do you what do you mean? mean? Doesn't mean German. What do you mean means? No, it literally is. It's German words. It's fruit tree. Oh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Fruchtenbaum. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I, okay, so any of our staff has to come up to okay, you to if, prove they've listened to the podcast. Yeah, they say if they say Fruchtenbaum, <laughs> uh, who is one of our, we'll talk about him in a moment here, but it's a theologian that we like a lot. Um, but yeah, if you say that to us, what should the prize be? But again, like I said, positive re- or prize or punishment? Is it consequence? They have to do something? Uh, no, it has to be prize. <laughs> um <laughs> Because then we'd have to have charts and stuff of people who didn't <laughs> say it. And that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> they get a copy of God Joy. <laughs> prize or punishment. <laughs> Which was that? Prize or punishment? Oh, it's a prize. Just, <laughs> it's a great. We already gave the whole staff a free uh, copy of okay. God Joy. <laughs> okay. The one for their, one for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> what else could we give them? Um, they get... Uh, they get one. They get a free pass to not have to stay as late as their boss. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Can you imagine if we actually did that? So here's the thing with bosses. Bosses tend to have a little bit nicer of an office than the people who aren't the bosses. Sure. In in comp- I would I say think that's universal across the board. Yep. Uh, probably even have maybe a little couch situation or something. Okay. You know, it's possible. Okay. What if the boss is just going and laying down and going to sleep? <laughs> like and they're, they're making ever, their people work but they're yeah, not they're working. just chilling or they're watching a show on their phone i mean i think that's the whole premise of the show the office <laughs> yeah that's true can you imagine if he had a couch in his office he would just be sleeping the whole time yeah, all right great uh what else is going on what do we need to get into oh, so we mentioned our fruit, fruit oh yes let's talk about that so uh messianic jewish theologian i would argue maybe the predominant yeah most well-known or prolific yeah messianic jewish theologian yeah which again so. that <laughs> that that pool isn't yeah, huge yeah, it's a tight circle but he's just done incredible things for uh the kingdom of god yeah um in his writings and thinking and so we got to hang out with him last thursday yeah uh so it was you myself and robert carter yes and went to lunch with him and Roxanne Treadway, uh-huh. who is uh, our mem- connection to him. Yeah, our connection to him. He's a member of our church who uh, worked with him for twelve years or something mm-hmm. like that, like a long, uh, like a while back. And so she heard that you know we were we actually knew who he was first yeah. of all because it takes a, a level of nerd to know who this is, <laughs> and then it takes a level of extra nerd to be excited about who he is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which we are we are total bible nerds and yes. that's fun you know we yes. like we like when people too have this this awesome um this jewish perspective of the scriptures as a believer in yes. jesus as messiah very unique and then you have to be able to look at how the old testament ties to the new mm-hmm. and we were just able we went to benji's delicatessen a good old jewish deli of course where else would you go yeah, yeah right down the street from calvary which if you haven't been there it's it's actually a really interesting experience. It's not cheap, actually. but no, it's uh, not. But all Jewish delis, like, I don't know if you've been to, like, these kind of delis in New York or something. The pastrami sandwich is yeah. 25 bucks or 30 yeah. bu- or in L.A. or whatever. Which, by the way, thanks for paying for us. You were, that was nice of you. You're very welcome. I did. 
<laughs> when you said it was expensive, I realized I didn't even realize. The, you didn't even look at the, no. the price points. I mean, expensive is like a pastrami sandwich is 18 bucks. I yeah. guess almost in this day and age, that's I know almost getting normalized. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. So just with the expense of food. But, I got some matzo ball soup, though. Oh, yeah, you did. How much was that? I think that was cheaper. So I think that was only. Okay. But even that was 13 bucks or Oof. something like that for the big, it was delicious. The large bowl of uh, mishmash. Yeah. Uh, with the crepe lac, which is like those little raviolis. What'd you call crepe, me? Crepe. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a crepe that lacks in many ways. <laughs> I think it's like crepe lac or okay. something like that. Anyway, um, well, Fruchtenbaum said it perfectly. He's like, yeah, he said yeah, it yeah. so well that even the server was like, huh? What? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some Orange County kid, yeah, or whatever, that's right? <laughs> working this thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so that was yeah. So we were able to ask him questions. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so he has written a couple books, which I didn't know that there was a single volume. This is this is breaking news for Calvary do, Church do, members. Do. Yeah. So there is a four volume, uh-huh. uh, essentially commentary on the Gospels called Yeshua, uh-huh. um, which is this huge again four books, huge thing. But there's a one volume apparently version of Yeshua. Abridged, yeah. Yeah. So that our own Roxanne helped edit. That's right. And so you can get that. So I, I highly recommend checking out Arnold Fruchtenbaum's one volume Yeshua uh-huh. if you are like a you know, a nerd level two rather than a nerd <laughs> level ten. On the dial you would <laughs> qualify as a two. You still might be a nerd level six. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Le- what do you what do you think you're if nerd level Bible nerd level zero to ten? I mean, I don't think I'm man, what do you think your nerd level well, is? I think yeah, it's more like seven or something. I might have said higher before I met with Fruchtenbaum. After oh, yeah. just meeting with him, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. We could ask him. My my problem is I don't even remember what I asked him. But uh <laughs> second of all, just just kidding, I actually do, but like you, we could ask him. He was just sitting there letting us ask him any question about the Bible, essentially about the Bible yeah. or um, or Jewish prophecy. culture, prophecy, mm-hmm. end times, like all this kind of stuff. And he could answer with confidence mm-hmm. any question, not just with confidence, but with chapter and verse yeah. memorized. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. So I know. Yeah. So that was just a, a fun experience. It was. And he was so, he was very soft spoken. Uh huh. You had to lean in. You had to lean in. So sometimes I always wonder, I always think about that as a, as a methodology. <laughs> I think he just is actually soft spoken, but, um, uh, he's an older man at this point as yeah. well. Um, but, um, you know, just, just speak softly and let people gather in. I've kind of had to do this with my, my throat issues. I was starting chapel the other day, staff chapel the other day, just real softly, like, okay, guys, let's go ahead and get started because I can't shout out to the whole room and then people are looking at me like half the room wasn't listening and then the other half was kind of looking at me like, are you all right dude what's going on <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh, that's funny um should we get into Sunday and we have one yeah one whole email to discuss okay okay we'll dissect that in depth <laughs> yeah we had Sunday I'm holding right now in my hand I know this is a audio medium but I'll just try to describe it uh my Luke journal the filament uh, Luke journal. Yes. So we sold a give out a bunch of these yeah, way back when we started uh, th- this Luke series. I think we sold 500 of them or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah or something. But if you're like me, maybe you haven't picked this up in a while. Yeah. And so for whatever reason on Sunday, I saw this and I was like, oh, I'm going to bring this to church. And so I made my notes this week on Eric's sermon oh, uh, in my filament 
uh, Bible, just like a, you got your your scripture on one side and then like a place of writing journal thoughts on the other. So anyway, just encouragement to all of you. If you have this somewhere around your house like yeah. I did, maybe dust it off. Pick yeah. it up. It's a good resource. That makes a lot of sense, actually, to use the thing that we all have now or many <laughs> hundreds of us have. Because like, totally. I don't use it either, which is hard. I, I got to remember to bring it. Right. Um, oh, before we get into the content, I got to show you something again in our um, – in our non-visual medium, I'm going to show you something. Okay. And I want you to describe this to the people. I was given this after church <laughs> from a precious uh, young girl. Okay. Check it out. And then describe oh. this to the people. Okay. Well, my eyes aren't great. And you're like about 12 here. feet away from me. Here, but here. it's uh, it to you. It's a stick figure. No. On. Okay. Let's see here. <laughs> Get oh. your mic back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is. London, who writes 225.24, thank you for your work to Pastor Eric. <laughs> and then she drew the title, or she wrote out the title of the sermon. Yeah. And there's, uh, looks like a guitar and a pulpit. Oh, she's she's drawing you as you, you preach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you even have like your uh, microphone, yeah, like side, your Britney Spears mic. <laughs> and yeah, you got so your sweet. black jacket. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was sweet. London, way yeah. to go. Yeah, so she was um, very sweetly and proudly like came up and gave yes. that to me afterwards. And it says the mountain and the man. She and, was uh, engaged, right? She was engaged. She's like she, listening. And she gave um, one of our um, one of our ASL interpreters a picture of her as well oh. So uh, to Harley. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's way better when I... I was a kid. I used to draw football plays during church. <laughs> I used to draw waves. <laughs> <laughs> There's this like certain way I draw a wave that I've drawn it that way since sixth grade or something. And perfected I, it. In yeah. And now church. I just would do that like all the time. Oh, that's or, good. Or I fill in. So any letter like an O or a P or a B or mm -hmm. an E that has a, a closed bubble of mm -hmm. some sort within that letter mm -hmm. just to fill all those in on the bulletin. Yeah. I don't know if you ever did that move. <laughs> Just like, you, you know make what I'm talking wave. about? Yeah. No, no, not to make a wave. It's just to, oh, you just, would, oh, yeah, yeah, you close the, yeah. Yeah, just filling all those in. Oh, that's good. Yeah, exactly. So, so London, you are way more advanced than Eric and I were. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, yeah, so Don, uh, were you just riveted and enjoyed all of this? Yeah. I mean, gosh, you can't go wrong with this passage. And you'd said it a couple <laughs> times yesterday, too, in our sermon of like, oh, there's so much here. And I can't just read the whole Bible, but I kind of want to because there's so many like hyperlinks back to the Old Testament. There's things looking ahead. It's just incredible, yeah. incredible scene of this transfiguration. Yeah. Uh, let's talk through just again, like kind of level six nerd type stuff here. Sure. So the transfiguration, there's the thought of where did it take place, right? Sure. So it's on a mountain. We know that. Yes. Um, and you'd given a couple of like possible places. One was Mount Hermon. Yes. Um, which <laughs> I liked uh, even the reference of like, you can ski on Mount Hermon. I've never <laughs> thought about that. I just want to show people that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they're even doing that now, even during this conflict, right? There's still people. Yeah. I, I found this whole article on, on an Israeli newspaper that was talking about people wanting to still go skiing. Yeah. Even though that's on the border of right. Lebanon with, right. with Hezbollah and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. So now, so, you know, it could be Mount Hermon. You also referenced Mount Tabor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <there's some> fun, <laughs> but just the idea of like, it's a mountain. little tiny, it's a little, yeah, you said like, it's a little baby mountain. <laughs> yeah. It does. It looks like a little baby volcano mountain. Uh. <laughs> so it feels like this is more of a grandiose 
moment or it's like uh well and it says up on a high mountain yes in uh both matthew and mark say up on a high mountain yes um now and then i said it's also near caesarea philippi which is the previous story Mm -hmm. but in eight days they could have gotten pretty far yeah this is eight days later but that would be if they were walking 20 miles or something every day for that eight days which is something they would do when they were traveling Mm -hmm. they'd walk about that far Mm -hmm. um which is pretty intense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is but uh but just like you think that time and culture is just what you did. It's how right. you got places. Right. Um, if you had no like no money for horses or whatever. Donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, potentially it's 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 a high mountain. Probably looks like, you know, Herman would be the better place for that. But then something that was really hitting me was just the idea of as Jesus lived, there was so much of him living out the exodus of going down to Egypt and then coming out of Egypt, yeah, uh, crossing the Jordan, getting baptized in the Jordan. Yeah. It's like, in a sense, replaying the nation of Israel and their journey with God, but doing so perfectly, <laughs> not yeah. having the stumbles, yeah, exactly. uh, obviously. And then this is another one, right, where he's on the mountain, in a sense, replicating Moses going up and receiving you know, instructions from God and yeah. having his face glow as a response of being with God. And yeah, I don't know, just riff I've, on that a I've, little bit. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Cause I've heard some kind of interesting, uh, almost like conspiracy. They're not necessarily, mm. I don't know if they go conspiracy theory, but the, the thoughts about them. Oh, mm-hmm. so first of all, some people wondered if this was, is this Mount Sinai itself, but they would have had to get from Caesarea Philippi to Mount Sinai in eight days. Yeah. So that's just a, wherever you think Mount Sinai is, which is also right. another debated topic, yeah. which I think a lot of people think it's in Saudi Arabia, huh. modern day Saudi Arabia, interesting, um, or, or at least in the South of Israel, it mm-hmm. just would be, it would be really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the other thing people wonder is, is this sort of a, a outside of time moment mm-hmm. where Jesus is on, let's say on uh, Mount Hermon, mm-hmm. Elijah 900 years earlier is on Mount Sinai and Moses 1400 years earlier is on Mount Sinai. And when they meet with God with this Elijah, with the still small voice and Moses with the, with God's back, but it's all happening at that. That's what the Mount of transfiguration moment is. What? And that's all happening at the same time What? or Jesus or Jesus like flew or, or like apparated or whatever over to Mount Sinai. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just there's some crazy theories about all of that. I mean, it's very any of those theories are possible, right? Sure, yeah, sure, possible. Um, but that's also saying like, you know, purple aliens living <laughs> in my closet is possible. But I guess, but yeah, uh, but maybe the the difference, like what you said, God's outside of time. Yes, yes. And even how you know this was something as a as a young Christian, I didn't really understand. But you know, Jesus has always existed. He wasn't born and came into existence, right? But he's outside of time, outside of even his earthly ministry. Yeah. It's part of creation of the world. So uh, the council of the triune Godhead has existed for eternity past. So this idea that Jesus could appear yeah. outside of, you know, his 33 years here. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. I know. So it's kind of, it's kind of some interesting stuff with yeah. that. Um, I do think, what else was, oh shoot, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, the other thing about the mountain so there's like all this stuff like I just didn't. Have. I know. I went pretty long and cut stuff and just already knew I couldn't say stuff that I wanted to say. It didn't feel long at all for me. I was like, okay, that's I good. was like, oh, this is, I've never <laughs> thought about this story in this way. So the other interesting thing is Moses didn't get to go into the promised land, yes. right? 
So the location of the Mount of Transfiguration, it well is so this it also does mean something interesting based on where it is. Yeah. So Mount Hermon could technically be in the promised land, but it could technically be kind of out looking. Yeah. Uh It's kind of looking into the promised land. Oh, wow. So if it's Mount Hermon, Moses is kind of still in that same situation. Like God would have kept his promise that you're not going to enter the promised land. Yeah. He's still just looking in from the outside, essentially. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, it's definitely farther north than Dan, if you think Dan sure. to Beersheba, sure. uh, something like that. Now, uh, then Mount Tabor, though, is very clearly within mm-hmm. the south of the Sea of Galilee. It's very much in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Moses would have finally gotten into the promised land. Yeah. That would have been his moment, which is that's a, God's grace. Yeah. It's kind of a cool uh, thing to, mm-hmm. to think about Moses being able to be in the promised land at mm-hmm. that time. And then, um, but I don't know, you know, so it's, but wow. Yeah. So it's just, uh, that's another aspect to it. It is. And then it was just wild to me, which just to point out of how Elijah and Moses both either died or sort of ascended or whatever you'd say for Elijah, uh, in, um, that same location over by Jericho and Mount Nebo. Yes. Kind of in between there. Um, yeah, so, I never thought about that before. I know. Just like wanting people to see a little bit of, mm-hmm. okay, hey, here's this stuff on a map. Here's mm-hmm. all the, why did these three people come together mm-hmm. of Jesus, Moses, and Elijah yeah. on this mountain? And it's this, there's some parallels of Moses and Elijah yeah. where they both met with God on Mount Sinai. They both mm-hmm. were these prophetic leaders. They both had their own unique sort of symbolism attached to them, mm-hmm. I would say. But, um, but interesting that they both then either died or, or got taken up right, um, right. To, to heaven yeah, in that and, same spot. And it's as they met with God too, God's reassurance to them, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, go, I'm go, you know, on mission for me in a sense. And that's what Jesus was receiving too in the transfiguration with this idea mm-hmm. of, and we'll get into this a little bit, but like, yeah, this is my son who I'm well pleased The repeating mm-hmm. of what happened in the baptism here, at the transfiguration, like yeah. again, meeting with God, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these old Testament saints, Almost you wonder if this was the push that Jesus needed in his humanity to just complete the mission. Because mm. from here, he's heading pretty quickly to, yeah. Jeru- I mean, relatively so, to Jerusalem. Yeah. And so it's like, here's the final leg. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. Go. <laughs> yeah. There's a definite shift in the story will be happening pretty soon yep. where they start to make their way towards yep. Jerusalem, towards the that the, that last season of his life. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, before we get even more on that, <clears throat> just... Yeah you know, the idea of, uh, the seas and the mountains and you'd given us a great encouragement, like, Hey, these are two good places to meet with God. And you had mentioned your own life, you know, you'd had your mountaintop experiences literally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the Swiss Alps. And then you'd also had your like seashore, your, your beach experience. And one you referenced was when you were in college at UC Santa Barbara. I think some of us have heard that story, but I'd love for you. You didn't have time on Sunday, but could you just quickly reference that whole experience with God that you had on those rocks? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's kind of funny. Almost on Sunday, I'm just like referencing stuff I've said multiple times, but just I didn't. Yeah, you don't have time yeah. to break it down, but you're also sort of assuming people know what you're talking about. Yeah. But um, I said what it is, I guess, in a title sense of this. Is sure. Little, but yeah, UC Santa Barbara, freshman year, I was there as a political science major. I was getting involved with crew and doing campus evangelism and um i i was just trying to figure out what did this look like to live Mm -hmm. out my faith at this pretty wild crazy place of uc santa barbara in 1992 1993 
and it was just a wild party school. Side note too, this is before like <clears throat> I feel like this era of um like Me Too and respond like it was like oh, crazy yeah. the things that were happening in places like Isla Vista back then. Oh yeah. The the parties, the sexuality, the drugs, the yeah. the stuff that was going on. Um, that was your backdrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like all around me. And I even remember uh, one time I had this little side hustle because I, I was a fast typer. <laughs> and I would, and a lot of people weren't good typists back then too even. You know what I mean? People just, it's it felt like even a laptop was kind of a new thing almost uh-huh. for people to have. And QWERTY. Um, <laughs> yeah, Q-W. Yeah, yeah, exactly. QWERTY keyboard. Um, and... So I could type pretty quickly. So people would give me their handwritten essays and then I would type it for them for money. And um, so then this guy was so thankful. He's like, oh, man, bro, thank you for I'm just so grateful for this, even though he's still paying me. He's like, I'm so grateful for this. Want to just let's smoke a bowl, man, like on me, man. <laughs> and that was sort of like this is a guy that lived two doors down from me just in yeah. my dorm. And like his way of just expressing gratitude was just to. Uh, to smoke yeah uh, yeah just to smoke pot with me or yeah. whatever uh, and i said no thank you my friend <laughs> uh, and i had personally sort of come out into that time out of a season of of being far from god mm-hmm. and in a partying lifestyle in high school and then it was in the middle of my senior year of high school mm-hmm. where i feel like i really got my life back in yeah. track with god so i was going into ucsb wanting to live for the lord side note on that yeah. like god's timing so good but what if you hadn't <laughs> Re- reconciled yet with the Lord yes, and yes. had shown up at UCSB. I mean, your life would look much different right now. Yeah, it it could be very crazy. You yeah. know, and who knows like how then God would have sure sure um, would have sort of drawn me back to Him in some way, mm-hmm. and and maybe it would have been in the same uh, the same cliffside, but mm-hmm. it would have just been I got an extra sort of calling instead mm-hmm. of just a, a return, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, so one night about half as I've been doing this and sharing my faith with people, getting involved with other Christian people, but also just having a ton of non-Christian friends. I went out to the movies. This is probably, I forget the exact, it's probably something like February or March, even around this time of year Mm -hmm. um, of, that would have been 1993. I went and saw the movie Malcolm X with Mm -hmm. uh, Denzel Washington, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Playing Malcolm X. And I remember being so impacted by that movie not for his cause, but for his commitment to his cause. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so I just remember thinking, I'm so not committed to my faith the way this man um, is committed to essentially what we'd call a cult, a nation of Islam mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And so um, I, it just was like, why Why am I not that, that committed? Mm-hmm. And why am I not um, fired up for the Lord in this kind of way? I want to be all in. Mm-hmm. And I remember being sort of essentially dumbstruck where I did not speak at all on the drive back from the movie theater, back to the dorms and get, I got dropped off and I didn't talk to any of my friends and I just walked away and I grabbed my Bible and went out onto the bluffs mm-hmm. on top of the cliffs that you saw in that picture on Sunday mm-hmm. and just, uh, open my Bible to Ezekiel 33 and it said, uh, you are a watchman for your people. Mm. You are to sound the trumpet of warning as the danger comes. And if you don't sound the trumpet of warning, um, the blood is on your head. If you do sound the trumpet of warning and the people don't respond, the blood's on their head. Mm -hmm. You are called to, to sound that trumpet. And, and then in some, whatever way for me in my time of prayer and listening to the Lord in that time, I, I, I had a, assurance that that meant I was to pursue church ministry in some way that was to do this in some way within the church. I didn't know what or how, 
um, but connected to the church. And I was at UC Santa Barbara, <laughs> political science major. <laughs> I wanted to go be a staffer in a um, like a you know some sort of government official's right. office or something like that. And which is a great thing to do for the Lord, but um, it's just that that was where that calling shifted. And then it was two weeks after that that I got a phone call from my home church that said, hey, we're starting to, we've never had interns, but we're starting an internship program in our youth ministry, and we'd love for you to come and be an intern within student ministry. So, like, what do you wow. think? And I'm just like, yes, instantly, yes. Wow. Yeah, here's what happened to me two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's where that calling happened. And so that's why, for me, the shoreline connected to the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee for the, when Jesus is calling the disciples, yeah. it's like a just kind of a parallel. Pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself, have you gone back to that spot? I have. I even went back to that spot a couple of years ago and, and took a rock mm. and wrote on the bottom of it, UCSB campus point. Whoa. And uh, just to sort of have a little memorial. I keep that in my house actually. That's cool. Uh, just a little remembrance stone. Yep. But um, yeah, I've gone back and just like sort of sat in that cliff and, mm. and prayed and looked mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So it's, it's special. It's a little, a little far to be able to do that that often, but uh, mm -hmm. when we're making our way up the coast, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll we'll pause there. My kids have actually had to stop there like a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Sit right here. <laughs> it's like the yeah, it's like my my version of the um, Saving Private Ryan intro and yeah, outro. You know, right? <laughs> no, there's something significant though about yeah. I think outdoor spaces mm -hmm. and meeting with God. I mean, you see that in this story right here, right? They're on a mountain. They're outdoors. Yep. Until Peter wants to <laughs> make a little shelter. Yeah. But uh, I just think there, and you gave us the encouragement too. Like you don't have to be in the Alps. You don't have to be necessarily like you can go to Crystal Cove. We have so many different outlets here. Yes. Or I think you said Whiting Ranch or something like yeah, that. But like, Canyon. But just get yeah. somewhere where you can just get a little bit out of the noise of your everyday life. Yep. And mm -hmm. um, and just wait, listen, talk with God. Yeah. And I have my own stories of that of just some really significant moments. My parents, I actually posted this on, um, on social media around Christmas time, but, um, my parents have a bench yeah. in Monterey, California. It's about maybe 30 minutes from their house mm. and they've gone there over and over to pray about big and small things, mm. uh, for themselves, for their family. And it was really cool. You guys, we were there, uh, at Christmas time. And one of my nieces was with us, who's now like six years old and they had gone there to pray. She had had a serious infection when she was like six weeks old and it was hit and miss man like mm. they didn't know if she was going to make it and my parents went to that bench and were just praying crying out to god and and i want to be careful that it's not like oh you have to go to a certain place to pray and god's no. going to hear you better but it was just a place where they were like okay this is where we get away yep. and so they went there and so they prayed god heal her keep her alive and so it was really powerful this past christmas to have my little niece running around and she had like no clue. She's just running around the bench and oh, like wow. playing and my parents are crying, just Dude. looking at her going like, oh, wow. Six years ago, we were just interceding for her at this spot. So, wow, that's amazing. So, yeah. So places that you either can return to or just places you can get away, be outdoor. I just love that encouragement that yeah. you gave us on Sunday. Didn't you have, is there a place like up in Malibu that's kind of been that for you or something like that? Or you're uh, going to go or did you not? I kissed Marie for the first time in Malibu. <laughs> So that's, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? 
show you. I know, and you got married up there too. But, yeah, we did. Um, I know. I thought there was like I thought you'd be. I know you're gonna maybe go to this retreat center up there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was connected to a previous experience. No. I thought that was. Yeah. Okay. But uh, okay. but no, I had my own beach calling experience where I was literally <laughs> in Hawaii. That's a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. And I was walking the beach by myself, and uh, it's like God. I don't think I have what it takes to be a pastor. Mm. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, no, God, you didn't hear me. That's funny, I don't yeah. think I have what it takes. I don't think this is a good calling for me. I think you've missed it. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's what I want. I want you to be dependent on me. And so, hmm. yeah, but I've, it's, I've never gone back there, unfortunately. <laughs> See, again, it's a little more expensive. <laughs> so the point is meet with God in like cheaper places like Huntington or Bolsa Chica. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny how we have... Because, okay, you and I would both say, what, okay, what, what island was this on? Uh, Oahu. So I, wherever this, this spot on Oahu, I'm sure we can go to this spot, and it is objectively more beautiful than Bolsa Chica. <laughs> it's going to be better than Bolsa That's Chica. True. Now, Bolsa Chica, or let's say Crystal Cove, even better than Crystal Cove. Crystal Cove is beautiful. It's a beautiful place, but Hawaii is better. Yeah. We all would, I think almost everyone would agree on this. Sure. So does that mean God made it better? Oof. The God know that this is better than this when he made it. <laughs> like he never knew. thought about this question. So does does God himself objectively know that Barstow is not as <laughs> like, good as, sorry, Yosemite, as Yosemite? Sorry, guys. Yes. And so huh. or is it this that sense kind of like where when I was in Colmar, when I was in uh, France <laughs> and God was kind of speaking to me about yeah. seeing I was seeing mm-hmm. people with the same beauty mm-hmm. of God's creation and whether they were beautiful or not, like a quote unquote, a, a, how our world mm-hmm. would, would think of that as, yeah. does God know Yosemite's better than Barstow? <laughs> <laughs> not no, well, but you know what I mean? Yeah, or I say, with inti- not no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. With intent. It's hard to say too, like <laughs> post fall, like how much of like has yeah. just the world crumbled or is, um. So do you think Barstow had more sin? <laughs> I don't think it had more sin, but it definitely had more consequences of this of did, the fall. Did. <laughs> did. I was just recently in Barstow too. This is appropriate. <laughs> it's so easy to pick up Barstow, but like yeah, and you know, you would you would say Yosemite Valley is better than Tustin. 100%. <laughs> 100%. I feel more connected to God in Yosemite. Anyway, I don't know. It's just like this weird side note. It is, yeah. So but is, then, is Mount Hermon better okay. than Tabor? No, no. This is, a, this is a pastor. This is a preaching moment right here, though. But okay. like, yeah, we're called to the mountains and the seashores, but we're also called to live in the valleys too, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a sense that we have these mountaintop experiences. Yeah. I'm not sure you're always called, you're always called to live in the mountaintops. Right. So Elijah met with God on Sinai, but he had to go do ministry <laughs> in the like in Barstow yeah, with Ahab, calling right. out the prophets of Baal. Totally. That was up on a hill of some sort. I forget, yeah. I forget where exactly. But um, anyway, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't yeah. know, this is a weird side I side love track, it. That's a great little, question. Little thing. But it does feel like it's easier, and I get nervous that that's like a psychological response or something, mm-hmm. but it does feel sort of easier to be. Because you're in awe of the wonder of of God's creation when you're in Hawaii or, or the Swiss Alps. Yes. A little more than when you're driving down the five. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think, though, like the park rangers in Yosemite are just like, all right, here we are again, whatever. I know. That's interesting. 
because that could be a little bit of how we feel about Crystal Cove. We know it's familiarity. We know it's amazing, actually. Yeah. But it's also very familiar. Yeah. But like with, with somebody that they live their whole life in Barstow and yeah. they drive out to Crystal Cove and they're just thinking, whoa. Dude. Okay. So here's a good prayer. God, um, surprise me. Give me awe even in the normal yep. parts of my life. Yeah. This actually happened to me. <laughs> I sent you a, a photo of this like last Thursday or Friday. I forget what day. But I, I was just struck by the orange tree in our courtyard at Calvary. Oh my it gosh. is like incredible right now. It's like birth. Is that the right word? Birthing oranges. It's like there's probably 50 to 75 oranges <laughs> producing. <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. It's so funny. Yes. So there's like 50 to 75 oranges on this little orange tree uh, that's in our courtyard. Like between as you walk out of the worship center, if you're walking out up the steps to the right, check it out. You guys, when you're back on this campus, <laughs> it is amazing. And I stopped my tracks, <sighs> took a photo of it, sent it to Eric and a few of other people here. No response. Zero <laughs> response it was not even like nice tree or like explanation mark. all you had to do was hit like the explanation point on your response but there was not even that i literally showed this text to b <laughs> and i said b i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> and then i think i got distracted like, that's really you know, funny but then we like, talked about something else. Uh, <laughs> i said look matt's like took a picture of the the tree and maybe okay. Here, here's oh, this is actually interesting. We have about eight citrus trees in oh. our backyard. What if it's familiarity? It bred, yeah. It bred complacency. Because I have zero. Yeah. Hmm. I like this. <laughs> oh, I love the backstory on this. <laughs> B, I don't know what to do. How many times do I send you a message where you have to say those words to your precious wife? <laughs> actually not that often but every, uh, it is every every long oh, once in a while it's hilarious that's great oh boy but okay. yeah you're right yeah. so god bring me those mountaintop and those yes. kind of seashore experiences but also help me to see your beauty awe in the everyday too and then um but back to yeah, the story, the story yeah. i loved how you pointed out and th this might only be the nlt i don't know if it's another translation where peter they're up on this mountain and he goes Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Yeah, it's pretty like, great. I loved how you just pointed that out. And it's just like such a simple but profound statement by Peter, isn't it? It really, it really, really is. Um, I'm looking up. Uh, oh, it's just in the NASB 95. Master, it is good for us to be here. Uh, but I thought I'd looked up that verse or that, that word. Uh, for wonderful, and it also said another word is marvelous. Like it's a marvel, mm -hmm. uh, a way of defining that. Um, I forget right now the Greek word that's used there, yes. but um, but that Greek word is is it's a wonder or a marvel. So I think it. I don't know if good feels like maybe not a good enough word, powerful enough, <laughs> yeah. yeah, weighty enough, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know it's. It but I, awesome. I want to be able to say that when I'm meeting with God, like God, yeah. it's good to be here with you. Yeah, it's good exactly. to be here with or you know, wonderful to wonderful be here. to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. What else should we, we do have one email that relates to a certain aspect of it. So should we get towards that or you want to keep, yeah, set keep up, moving our way Will there? you set up, um, why the email was even Yeah. Sent? So I, I had a little bit of a, um, tangent. It's like a semi tangent. Riff? Um, uh, yeah, a riff based on Peter's, based on the criticism of Peter's response mm -hmm. and, and the criticism 
it makes sense that there's some criticism with the way that it's phrased because it's like without even knowing what he's saying peter blurted out <laughs> uh it says something like that right <laughs> and and so that that description of what he says is a pretty strong implication that peter's a dum-dum in this moment <laughs> right like or just and just like the rest of us but that peter like, without knowing what he's saying he blurted out is a yeah. pretty hilarious description of what he says or what he does luke throws him under the bus yeah which is funny because uh oh no no which one was kind of transcribing peter's point of view was that that was mark wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah i'm sorry mark. i got confused for a minute no it's okay, but yeah, yeah luke probably had some knowledge or connection to peter knew, right. knew him right <laughs> he just goes yeah peter was being an idiot yeah peter dirty dirt let's see what does it say in in mark nine um it says uh peter it just says <laughs> see so it just says peter exclaimed rabbi it's wonderful for us to be here let's make three shelters blah blah blah, <laughs> blah. Um, oh, and then it says he said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Yeah, that's how Mark describes it. He's filling in. So filler. Peter's, hey, Mark, 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 Mark. Luke's, Luke's cray. Like Luke's, <laughs> Luke's getting this all out of control. Blurted out. <laughs> I, I, Luke's probably later actually yeah, when it was yeah. written, but let's just imagine it as if he had read Luke's account and he's like, no, 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 no. We were all scared, man. Come on, Luke. Luke wasn't even invited. Should we put <laughs> right, that in there? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's funny. Yeah. But yeah. The, so the so criticism part, is, yeah. uh, look at Peter. He does crazy <laughs> things. He cuts off soldiers ears. He denies Christ. He, yeah. He interrupts this holy moment on the mountain of transfiguration yeah, yeah. to basically say, let's build some tents. Let's build some tents. Let's just keep let's keep you guys here. Some people thought he wanted to stay here. Some people mm -hmm. thought he equated the three of them instead of acknowledging the preeminence of Christ. Mm. Stuff like that. So there's some. Uh, there's some critique of Peter. And he doesn't then, get it. Yeah, he doesn't get it. So my contention, though, is at least Peter does something. Peter yeah. says something. Yeah. Peter is in, right? Peter's reacting. Peter's not apathetic. Mm -hmm. He's not just sitting there with his arms folded. He's not ho-hum. He's not bored. He's not... Uh, he's not scared in the sense he's scared of this whole moment because it's a terrifying moment. Yeah. But, but he's not scared to be involved mm -hmm. um, or he's not, he's also not scared of making a mistake mm -hmm. at some level, mm -hmm. uh, which, so then take this to, I kept saying, at least he took a swing. I mean, you take mm -hmm. this to a sports sort of moment or analogy. If you're afraid to swing mm -hmm. in baseball, mm -hmm. that's like, you're done. Yeah. Right. Not good. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, you're, you're not doing anything at that point. Mm -hmm. You can sit there and hope and wait for a walk. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's going to be the max of your experience. So yeah. if you're looking at for a, a, a the Christian life experience of getting a walk once a game, hmm. and that's your that's your life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then playing that's, it safe. Yeah, playing yeah. it safe. That's uh, that's not taking a swing. Yeah, um, and so that's a little bit of where I'm trying to give Peter a bit of a uh, a little bit of grace, I guess, mm -hmm. um, and encourage that encourage us to be people that are willing to to go for it a bit yeah. and then so then i talked about the whole cri criticism of the he gets us mm -hmm. campaign yep. and how people uh i think a couple of the, the two of i think the main criticisms i've heard and you can add to this but one was it doesn't tell the whole story of the gospel it's right. an incomplete version of the gospel yep and then the other one is it's it presents a version of jesus that sort of i think these it would be conservative people would say that the left would be tolerant of or mm -hmm. something you know or something like that it would well, be anytime yeah you talk about jesus love and jesus being for us there is a sense that um 
it doesn't move anyone to change their life. Yeah. That, yeah. that could be the, the temptation or the, the worry, I guess. Right. It's not, oh yeah, that it doesn't talk about our sin mm-hmm. enough. Um, and so anyway, so then my point was like, basically, yeah, I mean, I could, I could speak to all those criticisms and we actually, I think did on our last mm-hmm. episode a little bit. Um, and I'm not even, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care, but I like that. Um, I like that he gets us is trying. And so then I, I did that, uh, that DL Moody quote, which is, it's clear because <laughs> DL Moody was criticized for some of his, I don't even know what some of these things are actually, but yeah. some of his evangelism methods, it says, it's clear you don't like my way of doing evangelism. You raised some good points. Frankly, I sometimes do not like my way of doing evangelism, but I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. <laughs> it's so bad. Cuts to the heart. I know. It's so, yeah. Um, so then we got an email from Luke. And yep. uh, which is a very good and thoughtful email, which um, allows us to speak into this with a little more nuance. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll read Luke's email. It says, uh, D.L. Moody, quote, evangelism, doing something rather than nothing. I often hear Christians that are critical of street evangelism, street evangelism or altar calls, hmm. and that it doesn't effectively help people know Jesus or mm-hmm. even hinders their potential relationship with Jesus. Some Christians feel embarrassed to witness these forms of evangelism. Can you comment? Is this an example of people doing something rather than nothing? Secondly, if you truly believe Jesus is returning soon, shouldn't we urgently be telling our neighbors and strangers they need Jesus shouting like street evangelists? Just some thoughts and comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go first? Cause I've been talking a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. So Luke's basically saying, yeah, if, okay, if the idea is like, well, it's better to try than not try at all. Mm-hmm. Then does the method really matter then? Like, in other words, could you just be at Huntington every day with a bullhorn, yeah. uh, Huntington Pier, and just shouting, which people do. And, it's probably uh, the number one place I see people doing yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, would we say that's good? Would we say that's helpful or what? And I think, again, I do commend anyone that has a heart to tell others about Jesus. Like. Yep. I think the guy with the bullhorn at Huntington Pier, like, man, there, there's something in you that does earnestly want to see people come to a saving faith. And so mm-hmm. that's awesome. But I also think you do, it doesn't give you just carte blanche, doesn't give you like a pass on method either. Yeah. Because, and I know Luke's not like, he just kind of uses an example, but if you're just yelling yeah. something, then there's no A relationship there's no listening for where people are at. If you look at Jesus's method, mm-hmm. he would ask questions. He would talk to people uh, at the woman at the well in Samaria, mm-hmm. um, the blind man. He, he, Do you want to get well? He would ask them questions. There would be some type of dialogue. Even if it was just a stranger and a quick interaction, mm-hmm. there still would be some relational component to it. Mm-hmm. If our methods of evangelism are just speaking, <laughs> it feels like yeah. uh, there's not going to be a ton of effectiveness to I mean God could do whatever he wants yeah but it just feels like oh you're you're really not building any type of connection where someone would have a lasting right change right 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 yeah and I think um so it's almost you know maybe it's connected to like a verse in your anger do not sin mm-hmm. in your zeal for mm-hmm. evangelism do not sin either right. don't be don't be mean to people or mm-hmm. something or yelling at people mm-hmm. or um, sort of a name calling evangelism. Right. right? Arrogance. And, yeah. Arrogance. Um, and so I would think 
it's so interesting because I don't, I kind of don't like that kind of bullhorn evangelism for the same, but just opposite reason as people don't like that. He gets us. Hmm. It's an incomplete, it's, it's the, the wrath of God with mm-hmm. the, you're a sinner without mm-hmm. the grace of God, a yeah. grace and love of God. And right. then the other side kind of is, it's showing just the grace and love of God with all, without the wrath or the justice or mm-hmm. whatever of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're both sort of incomplete forms. Yeah. Um, it might be a question of which incomplete form might get someone to think about it versus sure yeah <laughs> versus just turn it off right um, would what gets people to ask another question and, and maybe sometimes there's there's a place I mean maybe yeah. sometimes the nobody liked the prophets so sometimes I, I want to be careful to not <laughs> right. say the bullhorn guy is the bad guy mm-hmm. and always the bad guy mm-hmm. I think if all of us were the bullhorn guy or if all of us were you know, saving up money for Super Bowl ads, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to work right. well, right? That right. we need we need some sort of continuum or balance of sure. different people. Um, I do because there's a part of me that wants to say, you know what, good on Bullhorn guy for at least mm-hmm. at least doing something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's better than my doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe now there's there's kind of related to the when helping hurts, yeah. you know, sort of situation with. Uh, with charitable missions work mm-hmm. um, where sometimes we can, we can hurt a, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a, there's a book called when helping hurts and it's this sort of thought of certain sort of justice, humanitarian work can be actually more hurtful to a, let's say poverty stricken culture or area um, depending on how it's done mm-hmm. um, where dependence on handouts and things like that. Right. So, or whatever it's, a, there's all sorts of reasons. Or if you go put in a, highly technical water well that has like you know computers and electrical systems Mm -hmm. to for it to be able to work and then that little village it breaks on week two and then they never have now they can't access their water anymore which i have (laughs) been to a village where that was that actually happened yeah okay see so that kind of that kind of a situation so we have to be careful when helping hurts and i think we can also have that in evangelism so i think after we it's almost like i want to get us to to say okay i'm in to try Mm mm-hmm and now if I try something, I think what we see in Peter's life is he gets course corrected, mm-hmm. right? He, he's sort of like, okay, Peter, you know, yeah, yeah, don't, let's not be cutting dude's ears off. Okay. <laughs> let me put this back on for right. you. You know, so Jesus puts it back on, like, let's, let's be a little more chill about how we, how we do this. And, yeah. you know, I think Peter knows that it was wrong for him to deny Christ three times, but Jesus is, is challenging. He's, he's restoring him. And caring for him while also challenging him to keep going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Don't don't and be we'll ashamed. Talk, we're going to talk all about that. We'll Easter. Talk about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. But don't be ashamed of me. Don't mm-hmm. be don't be ashamed of the gospel. Move forward. You know? Yeah. And so I don't. I I think we then bullhorn guy and maybe maybe he gets us guy or something whatever that mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that means mm-hmm. or or a person that's afraid to ever talk about justice or wrath mm-hmm. of God or or sin. Um, needs to know, okay, well, at some point you need to also right. share the rest of the story. Yeah. And, and the same thing. So bullhorn guy needs to be able to share the love and grace and forgiveness and, yep. and, uh, anyway, that, that kind of stuff. So I think Luke has a really, really, really good question and a good point yep. that gets us to thinking, um, I, I don't want us to only be bullhorn guys out there. I, I tend to be a little embarrassed of bullhorn guy, mm-hmm. uh, as well. It's all depends. Again, it's just so hard because it just depends on how it's done. Right. Yeah. And what, what are those words? Yeah. From bullhorn guy. If bullhorn guy's a big jerk. Like, yeah. well, 
Jesus isn't a jerk. Like, let's not be jerks. Well, I think in any of our evangelism efforts, the hope is that we do so out of a love of God and then a love of the person that we're sharing with versus I love hearing myself talk or I love feeling like I'm superior or I have like, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think sometimes our, even our best intentions with evangelism come across as like, I'm doing this for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for you Mm -hmm. or doing this for the Lord. And that's where I think for each person, whether that's Luke, whether that's me, whether that's you, person sitting in the seats at Calvary, the the sort of apologetics um, critic of he gets us mm-hmm. or the bullhorn guy, you know, that all of these people, what we all need to do, and again, myself included in this list is self-analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay, where am I? Am mm-hmm. I doing something or nothing, mm-hmm. first of all? And then is my something leading towards you know, people to know and experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And I think that's really probably like what the real answer is. Mm -hmm. It's like, we have to, we have to consider ourselves and what are we doing before it's, it's plank eye. It's, you know, it's spec versus plank kind of stuff. So anyway, that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Great question, Luke. It's it's made me wrestle with that over the last 24 hours. So it's good. Dude, there's like so much in this passage. It's I know, crazy. I know. Well, can we before we run out of time? Can we just talk about the three shelters? The oh yeah, the feast of Sukkoth, Sukkoth, Sukkoth. the tabernacles. Yep. Any other like recap you want to do on that one? Because that one's still, and it's not from <laughs> yesterday. It's just in general, it's still fuzzy to me. This whole idea. So they they were reenacting um, living out in the desert, right, for the Israelites. Yes. And so it's this festival that happens every year. Yes. And so. It's possible that it was happening around this time. Like Peter's like, "Hey, we're, it's the time. Let's build the tabernacle. Let's build the tents." Or yeah, maybe just explain that more to me. Yeah, what I don't know is the, and I don't know if any, I didn't read this in any sources of what time of year is the Mount of Transfiguration story. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember if I if I saw that, but because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if it's necessarily it's during Sukkot. It could be during. Mm-hmm during that Feast of Tabernacles season or Feast of Booths, if you've heard any of those names, it's all the same thing. Uh, but they would, in this seven-day period, they'd look back on God's provision in the wilderness while anticipating God's ultimate deliverance. Yeah. So that's, it's got this twofold thing. It's got to look back, even for Jewish people, right. it's looking back and they're still, Jewish people today are still waiting for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. They think they're still waiting for the Messiah to come. So they're anticipating God's deliverance mm-hmm. Um, ultimately while looking back on how God provided. So you remember a lot of these Jewish feast days are remember, yeah. don't forget, remember, don't right. forget. Like we are a, <laughs> we're judged by God right. for being a people who, who forget. <laughs> and so, you know, honestly, that's kind of what Sunday mornings are for totally, us. Totally dude. Totally. Gather to remember. Yeah. Gather to remember. It's our Sunday mornings, our mezuzah, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. our wrapping the, the scrolls on our foreheads yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so they would build these booths or these little tents or tabernacles to live in for these seven days. Um, and then, yeah, so it was thought of as the Messianic kingdom as the fulfillment of that Feast of Tabernacles. Um, but it's there's a lot of remembrance of that time in, hmm. it's, I mean, in, in the desert. I mean, yeah. especially Passover, obviously, is a, a big remembrance of that. I mean, even um, a lot of it is, but even... Uh, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement is sure. they're given these practices to do mm-hmm. to be able to make sacrifices to receive atonement, mm-hmm. more of a covering atonement, mm-hmm. right? A covering of your sins for that year. Yeah. Um, not the ultimate removal that we would uh, that we would ultimately receive in Messiah. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's it is. And so then, oh, know, let me actually shoot. Let me speak about. Um, okay, so the tabernacle too, though, then itself, the tabernacle that that becomes the temple. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different because it's not saying the feast of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. It's the feast of these tents that we all lived in. But there was still this sense of of recognition of covering. So there's this covering by God and. That's even why, like the whole, the thing I was going to talk about, about Jewish weddings was the chuppah, mm-hmm. right? So the chuppah yeah. is four. So take a piece of fabric that's above you, just like, almost like you take a sheet above you. And if each corner of the sheet was connected to a pole mm-hmm. and you have four people that are each holding one of those poles and they would. Side note, would that be like an honor? Like, <clears throat> yeah, hey, would you, uh, would you hold? <laughs> right. It's like, that's wedding. the groomsmen or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're, they're holding the the those chuppah poles and they're keeping the the canopy keeping that mm-hmm. sheet above the bride and groom so they keep that over so and that chuppah represents the glorious covering of god mm-hmm. that glory of the canopy that covers over god's people that we see throughout the old testament of the cloud covering the tabernacle but then also it really coming in and invading into the tabernacle and being a presence above the people and then in the Exodus stories, it's like this crazy cloud. And in this in this story, then the transfiguration, you have the cloud comes down, covers the entire mountain, yeah. and then a booming voice comes out of it, right. of the Father. Right. Terror <laughs> is so scary, it's man. It's crazy. So all that is this, rep- they, they have so many things to remember this glorious presence of God, yeah. this, this covering of God over us. Uh, so even, and, oh, and so they'd hold that chuppah over the bride and groom mm-hmm. for this, for the ceremony, for the consummation Ooh. and for the celebration. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they'd go into a tent and then outside, uh-huh. uh, their friends would be holding the chuppah over the tent okay. while they consummated their marriage. All right. Then they would come out of that tent. Uh-huh reveal that they have consummated the marriage which okay. is just so intense like it's so not our culture but it, it's biblical culture yeah. it's the it's this you know so it's in this jewish culture um i like you guys gotta enjoy like anytime you bring up something like this matt just gets extremely uncomfortable um <laughs> who doesn't yeah well apparently not me uh, <laughs> i mean i get okay, i understand what you mean. but then they then the celebration lasts for seven days mm-hmm. and they hold the chuppah over the bride and groom i think their arms would get tired i know i think their arms get tired i think they have to sub in and sub out too it's like tap tap so you gotta have maybe 12 12 oh, bridesmaids and groomsmen that are right. gonna help share the load um but anyway so that's this this whole thing to represent god's cover god's mm-hmm. glory covering you is very important mm-hmm. and um it shows that god is present and his power is with his people yeah right that's that's what was happening in the in the the wilderness is mm-hmm. god's presence and power was following them around or, yeah. or they'd be following it around i guess mm-hmm. i would say uh and so then um now we're seeing that returning yeah because i don't they the presence had left the temple right in this period of time yeah ezekiel so, 38 yes yeah. i know that's a whole other thing i couldn't get into on sunday oh, and, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so jesus even the way he walks down from the mount of olives and yeah. all that he and, now and, the glory is going back to jerusalem in yeah. a sense so Whoa. his unveiled Whoa. presence at transfiguration is showing that he is that glory yeah and now he yeah he's coming in so maybe <laughs> 
Peter's foolishness in saying, I'm going to build three tents here. Yeah. You don't need to, because that's not, we don't need representation of the glory. The glory is here. Yeah, exactly. You don't need a symbol right now. Right. Right. <laughs> in a sense. Exactly. And, and the messianic kingdom has been fulfilled. Yeah. So Sukkot's done. Yeah. So essentially that's, that's part of why I think maybe many Christians would say, mm. you don't need to celebrate Sukkot or mm-hmm. the Feast of Tabernacles anymore because Sukkot's been fulfilled. Wow. So if we, you can still do things to help you remember, but mm-hmm. that fulfillment of that feast is, has come. So we shouldn't have like this July, have like tents in our like October, parking lot October, or October, October. Yeah, in yeah, our parking yeah. lot. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I don't, so my, my thing on, I'm still kind of mad that I didn't ask Arnold Furchtenbaum this question, but my thing with Jewish feast days is they have been fulfilled, mm-hmm. but they can still help us remember. Absolutely. You know, so if it's a helpful thing to help us remember, oh, we should remember that God provided yep. for his people in the wilderness. He can even provide for us yep. as we are followers of him today. So, hey, if you want to practice the coat, that's fine. Yeah. You don't, you aren't commanded or demanded to yeah. practice the coat. I think you answered yeah. that perfectly. Okay. That's yeah. probably, probably how Arnie would have <laughs> answered it. Right? Oh, Arnie. <laughs> okay. One more question. Yes. And again, we're still, even an hour into this, I still have so many things here that could be unfolded. Yeah. But yeah. Um, in Luke 9, 35, you know, there's again, we mentioned this earlier, but like the identity moment where... Uh, the father just speaks from the cloud and says, this is my son, my chosen one. It says in the NLT, mm-hmm. listen to him. Mm-hmm. And so again, the authority is, you know, pe- father's reminding uh, everyone there of Christ's authority, that he is the son, he is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And like what a blessing that would have been for Jesus in his humanity to hear that once again, before he takes his march to the cross. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, it's the same words, by the way, in NASB. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But then it's interesting, that last line of what we talked about this week, um, verse 36, when the voice was finished, Jesus was there all alone. I just picture like this dramatic, like, like it's just silent. Yeah. And the cloud's gone. Yeah. Jesus is there, disciples hanging out like, oh. Yeah. All of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are just gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Where'd they go? Back to heaven. And then it says they didn't <laughs> tell anybody what they'd seen. So, I know. Now, in our last, you know, little peripety, we had talked about they didn't tell anyone. Jesus said, don't tell anyone because his timing hadn't come yet. So yeah. maybe this is the same reason they didn't tell anyone. That's what I think. That's what I think. I was trying to double check the, I want to check, double check Mark 9. But I think it's more uh, along those lines where it's just, hey, Jesus is kind of like, hey, let's keep this. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a big one. Let's keep this chill. Yeah. <laughs> My shiny face. Right. Uh, it's interesting, too, that they didn't get Mosesified. You know, they didn't. Themselves. Yeah, themselves, mm-hmm. where they had to have a veil or something. So I right. don't I don't know. I, I just generally don't know why or, yeah. what, you know, what would have happened in that situation. Sure. Um, it says, uh, I hear your tummy, by the way. Or is that my tummy? I think it was you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so the Mark 9. Let me read the end of the Mark 9 account. Uh-huh. Um. All, so it says, this is my son, listen to him. All at once they looked around and saw no one with them except Jesus alone. And then just it says, as they were coming down from the mountain, he gave them orders not to relate to anyone what they'd seen. Okay, okay. So the yeah. son of man rose So very similar to that earlier passage in 21, 27. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hmm. it says, they seized 
as he says, until the son of man rose from the dead, Jesus said, mm -hmm. don't tell anyone what you've seen until this. And they don't totally get the resurrection still. Yeah. And then it says they seized upon that statement, discussing with one another what rising from the dead meant. Wow. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. And they asked him saying, why is it that the scribes say Elijah must come first? And he said to them, Elijah does first come and restore all things. And yet, how is it? written of the son of man that he will suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I say to you that Elijah has indeed come and they did to him, whatever they wish, just as is written. Hmm. And then they're like, probably like us, the disciples are just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> when you just hear that, if you yeah. just hear that, uh, no context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, a, what a privilege though, that Peter, James and John had to be witnesses to all this, right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. This is, one of the ultimate things to be able to see. Yeah. I wonder how much, cause they feel Peter and John get a little braggy sometimes with each other. Right? Like <laughs> yes. the whole running faster yeah. thing to the tomb and all yeah. that. Um, Which one of the left and the right. Yeah. I wonder if they were like, Hey, Bartholomew, bro, guess what we got to see? <laughs> we saw something cool. Yeah. We can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if they all came down there? Like, hey, we can't. What, how, what were you guys doing? Oh, I can't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, we'll, we'll let you know after the Son of Man Total is risen like from the dead. Totally like sibling type stuff, right? <laughs> it seems like they've got the capability of that happening. For sure. <laughs> Which I know I do. They're human beings. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I know you do. Yeah, for we sure. Would, we would trash talk each other. For sure. <laughs> uh, it is cool to think. I was like, oh man, these guys got to be witnesses. <clears throat> how, how lucky of them. Mm -hmm. But one day, let's go. We yeah. are all going to be witnesses yep. of the true glory of Jesus Christ. It's epic. Yeah. I want to ask you how you reacted to the face shine upon you connection. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Jesus was shiny face on the mountain. Yeah. And then we, this whole prayer of make yep. his face to shine upon you. Yep. I don't know. That was hitting me crazy. Yep. Like, whoa. Yep. It adds just another element to what we get to experience here at Calvary on Sundays as we, mm -hmm. as we go, <laughs> as yeah. we get sent out. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's why I, I was, a lot of times I'll pray at the end, I'll pray some sort of thoughts just connected mm -hmm. to the morning and mm -hmm. then I'll pray the blessing. Um, and, uh, to that on, on Sunday, I yeah. just like went straight into the blessing yeah. and just let it, let it be itself. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's good. There's lots we could be talking about but yeah. um, with this, but we'll probably leave it here. Um, but we are coming up to mm -hmm. important week in your life yes. for your area of work, special yeah. specialty, yeah. so to speak. Right. Right. Want to talk about Reach Week? Yeah. So this is our annual Reach Week. We've done probably about 80 of these in our history as a church That's annually. Amazing. And so this year we're focusing in on Romans 10, 14 and the idea of what happens if people never heard. And so we're going to do some kind of creative illustrations within our services to help people re be reminded of that. And then mm -hmm. we have some amazing partners from around the world that are coming in from places like Jerusalem, mm -hmm. Spain, all the way from Oregon, <laughs> <laughs> Quebec, Canada, Mexico. Yeah. Santa so, Anna. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just going to be a great 10 days. So it kind of all kicks off publicly this Saturday night at the time of this recording. Yes. With our Reach kickoff dinner, which we still have seats available. So cool. you can go to calvarylife.org slash reach yeah. and you'll eventually find uh, a place to register for that. It's free, but um, we have a little donation we ask for too. Um, but we'd love for you to get into that. So that's this Saturday night. 
So we focus on Asia. Yeah. And then the next morning, Brian Smith, I got to hear this message already, kind of a preview of it. It's Whoa. so good. It oh, is great. so good. And so you're going to want to be here this Sunday, March 3rd. And then likely missionaries. Uh, oh, no, not likely. Missionaries available to hang out and talk yep. to people between yep. uh, like after have, the service. We're going to have a little donut hour going yep. um, old school. Yep. You can just come hang out in the courtyard um, with a Calvary partner and uh, talk about what they're up to and yep. be encouraged. And then life groups will have missionaries as well. And then we have Wednesday night, and then we have a brunch with our partners from Israel, which is going to be super fascinating yep. to hear stories of what it's really like on the ground there. That's, and so that's Saturday, that's the, Saturday 9th. the 9th at yeah. 9 a.m. And so, uh, and then we'll end on March 10th hearing from one of our missionary partners from Africa who actually has had some really cool things happen of all places, India. You never right. would have predicted that. Right. And so we're going to hear stories about what's happening there. So yeah, it's going to be it's cool. great 10 days. I would love for you guys to jump all in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check out calvarylife.org slash reach if mm-hmm. you need to find, okay, this is when these things yeah. actually happen or yep. the dates and times and locations. And then... Um, minimally we ask pick one thing other than Sunday mornings, sure. pick one thing to check out, to be a part of, um, obviously you can do more than that, but if you've really never jumped into something, mm-hmm. I encourage you to check something out. Maybe that's just the brunch mm-hmm. on the, on the Saturday mm-hmm. and to hear about, that might be a little intriguing to you. Or if, um, yeah. if you have, um, a family with kids or whatever, yeah. like just go family jump fun into night. family fun night on yeah. that Wednesday, or if you feel God's been leading you towards prayer seeking refuge and yep. be part of that prayer night. So those are just some ways that you can kind For of sure. connect to something that, uh, you know, it's, is sort of where God's like been tugging the rest of your life and your heart yeah. to you. But like, I think these are important weeks to be challenged outside of your day to day. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And some people that, that took a swing. Right. So yeah, yeah really like people yeah. that big stepped time. out and took a big, big swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they would be the first people to say, we're not better than anybody else. We're not more holy mm-hmm. than anybody else. I think even pastors can um, sort of put missionaries on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we all have to sort of be careful about that while we also really respect them. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, acknowledge their sacrifice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, uh-huh. yeah, looking forward to all of that. So it should be good. Now, we will be personally, uh, you and I at a retreat for on Monday through Wednesday next week You're right. with our mission, with our ministry partners around the world. Yep. Uh, so we might not have a podcast coming out in that same timing. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But we might want to jump out of our Monday schedule and maybe see if one of them can join us or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We could see. Uh, one year I even lugged all this gear up to the retreat and did interviews with people. But then I also realized it made the retreat really like not very, not very fun to hang it's out. It's like you were working the yeah, whole time. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wasn't as present with everybody, I feel sure. like, because I was just thinking about podcasts. But yeah. um, anyway, um, so this is this is good. Yep. Um, yeah, love chatting with you, Maddie. Thank you, me too. Looking forward to Reach Week. And thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.